0: Good morning, this is Barry Knapp with Ironside's Macroeconomics, it's Monday morning, November 27th at uh, just shy of 7am Mountain Time. Our note this week was titled, (coughs) pardon me, Growth Scare Ahead. Um, So a somewhat brief note, we're going to be working on our 2024 outlook note all this week, we began working on it last week um, as the first of our three year-end notes the next one will be you know four or five macro trends for the next decade or so and then uh, we'll do a year in review note after that Um, the idea of growth scare ahead was um we do think that um, growth is slowing and the process that we're going through with respect to fed policy uh, an issue we'll come back to at the end of this discussion where we went from a Fed policy put when they got um, um, or acknowledged that long-term rates were moving up, and that was doing some of the rate hike tightening for them. That was in essence a policy put. Our idea was tens at ten-year Treasuries at five percent was um, would preclude any further rate hikes. That process seems to have evolved from a Fed policy put to a full pause, which we expect them to acknowledge in December, depending on um, the data between now and then, but more likely than not, the markets have eliminated the probability of another rate hike and we think that's right. But for that process to to then evolve into a full Fed pivot, we're going to need weaker growth. The Fed made that clear all the way back at FOMC that in order to really have confidence that the disinflationary trend was going to remain intact that the ghost of arthur burns wasn't going to haunt them and this stop start um, 70s mythology about what really caused the great inflation looms large in the feds mind so they really do want growth to weaken and we think it is weakening so that's hence the the title um, 2023 outlook now we began the note by taking a passage from last year's 2023 outlook note that we wrote about this time a year ago, making it clear we didn't think a recession was um, even remotely probable in 2023. And so to some extent, we, we think we have some credibility around all that by saying, no, now we actually do think Growth is slowing and it's not going to be consumption that collapses looking at black Friday results for signs of weakness is not the right way to think about the vulnerabilities in the economy. It's really coming more from demand for Labor and the business side and a lot of it is small business again our unstable equilibrium idea that we have. A strong household sector that's turned out their mortgage debt and isn't particularly sensitive to interest rates. The large non-financial corporate sector that's turned out its debt, again, is not particularly sensitive to higher interest rates, but banks, small businesses, and um, uh, real estate, as well as even financing the federal government, which brings me to the first issue of the week. Um, We're getting two very large auctions, and what we've been describing is the soft underbelly, the idea that anywhere from the two-year part of the curve all the way out to seven years, uh, securities is really where banks typically play a large role in financing the government. And uh, right now, banks are still shrinking their holdings. We would note from the latest Fed H8 data that asset growth is falling at a 1.6% annualized rate so far this quarter. Securities holdings are contracting at a 4.5% annualized rate. Small banks in particular, those securities holdings are falling at an 18.8 percent year on year rate and for the quarter they're contracting 8.8 percent annualized so there is no demand from the banking system for treasuries and that's what um, makes the market vulnerable to those auctions in the belly of the curve so as i mentioned twos and fives today and then sevens tomorrow the last couple of months when we've had those auctions in the belly the back end has actually uh, responded unfavorably. So, yeah, there was weakness in the belly, but the back end sold off even more. Um, so, again, that's that's short term stuff about what to, to think about this week. But then we went on to a longer discussion about valuation for the Treasury market at this point. And for us, tens at four and a half, real rates at 2.2%, and break evens at 2.3%, all are two. Quite frankly, too low. Um, this is about where they were pre-global financial crisis. The back, the nominal rates were a little bit higher, um, but um, uh, given the fact that we don't have foreign demand any longer, we're not really going to get bank demand. The Fed isn't buying as they were through most of the two thousand and tens. You know, absent a real serious slowdown and the Fed fully pivoting and two's leading a rally, and again, as we've been saying, we're suspect of any rally in the treasury market that's not led by two-year notes. And last week, two started drifting back towards 5% after that positive response to CPI the week before that. So we're still not convinced that until we get that full Fed pivot, until two-year notes lead treasury rallies, and the curve is upwardly sloping, uh, incentivizing the banks to get involved, we, we really are suspect of any rally in the treasury market. So as far as incoming data last week, we had the flash global PMIs. They're really showing no signs of a recovery in global trade. There is some, you know, Stabilization in the global trade numbers. Asia is where we tend to look for leading indicators. The numbers are not contracting the way they were a few months ago, but they're not expanding either. And so there really isn't much of a uh, a recovery going on in the global manufacturing sector. That's in essence been in contraction or recession all year. Um, We had flat core capital goods orders from the durables report for the second month in a row. So not all that encouraging here either. The one decent looking number was jobless claims that's the chart I'm showing you here in the video version of this and uh, seasonal adjustment factors really did bias the number decidedly lower we think those seasonal adjustment factors are distorted one possible reason that they're distorted we show a chart in the weekly is that uh, the market share for online sales is 4.7 percent above where it was pre-pandemic it was just shy of 15 percent now it's just shy of 20. So that's probably distorting the seasonal hiring patterns, which play such a big role in the claims numbers around this time of year. Um, So we didn't really see anything encouraging in the data or dissuade us to dissuade us from the idea that a growth scare is coming. This week, there is going to be one good number. That should be the personal consumption expenditure deflator number uh, on Thursday. But before that, we think GDP will be negatively revised. The housing number is not going to be housing numbers are not going to be particularly good claims will probably reverse last week's trend and isn't manufacturing at the end of the week is unlikely to uh, show a rebound either so um, again we're in this mode where we've gone from a fed put to a pause but we need the full pivot in order to totally stabilize the market and um, the following week's labor market data is going to be key around all that so that's it for me this week look out for the outlook note this uh this Friday. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks.